dad jokes too, um, because I have a dad bod. <laughs> I make dad jokes because the idea is, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> doing a double header tonight we just recorded a podcast entirely one shot like not just often what we do is we record the intros and the in between the segues and then the outro uh and splice in interviews but we actually did the interview we did the intro skyped in with our our guest and then did the outro and one shot. Now we're recording a second. This goes according to my plans on the editing side. We should have posted an interview with Dr. Travis Longcore from the Urban Wildlands Group in Los Angeles talking about feral cats and um, strategies that do and don't work to deal with them. I was just reading stuff on, I think, Christian Hunold's Facebook feed. Christian Hunold, I should say Dr. Christian Hunold from Drexel University, um, who's a friend of ours, friend of the podcast... It's been on a few times. Um, look for our episode from, I think, last year uh, called Why Not the City about urban hawks in Philadelphia. And so uh, Christian, being a naturalist like us, who's who's really into urban wildlife, um, urban nature, posts a lot of neat stuff, but was, like, posts a lot about uh, wildlife-human interactions and how humans regard wildlife, whether as they regard them as pests or neighbors or, or fellow citizens of the city. Um, and so he was posting something about wild boars. I forget specifically what he posted, but it got me thinking that like, I've read a bunch of neat stuff about wild boars and I've been curious to try doing something in some future episodes also, which I might call like species profiles or urban wildlife profiles. And wild boar just seemed like a really fun place to start. These are, and we'll talk a little bit about it in a second. We had an episode uh, back in 2016, April 30th, 2016 called Urban Caracals and Barcelona Boars, where we interviewed Sean Cahill out of Barcelona. Uh, we'll talk a little about him in a little bit, but it's been a while. And they pop up in the news, and they're, I think, one of the most fascinating urban wildlife or urban critters we've got. Before I get to that, we'll just remind you to please like us on your podcasting listening app of choice. Please tell your friends about the podcast, assuming you like it. Please let us know what you think of this episode and all the episodes at urbanwildlifecast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at urbwildlifecast, and you can always find us on Facebook. Aside from being someone you don't want to sit next to at a party, Tony, what's an urban boar? <laughs> well. And yes, I am a dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm uh I like dad jokes too, um because I have a dad bod. I make dad jokes because the idea is if you build it they will come. <laughs> so yes, my wife and I are trying to procreate. Uh, so <laughs> So anyway, back to pigs. So the wild boar is the feral version of the domestic pig. Which is... Or the wild version of it, pre-domestication. What do you think? Right, okay, yeah, so... Yeah, it's interesting how you, how you define it, right? Wild boar, I guess, is... If you're in Germany, it, they've always been there. Right, so wild boar... Yeah, sorry, let's scratch that. There's, okay. um, But we'll keep it in, because... It's different is, in the United States than it is like, I'm thinking, in Germany. You know, yeah. In the United States, um, what we call wild boars are feral pigs. In Eurasia, and I believe North Africa... 
where they're native to. Wild boars, Seuss scrofa, they are a, there are many types of wild pig in the world, um, but they are, um, they look a lot like our pigs, um, but they have longer tusks, they're hairier, they're not as big in some ways. So, uh, they can, you can see really, really huge domestic pigs. Uh, wild pigs, uh, wild boars are big, they can be up to uh, they're only about 200 pounds per male, 150 for female. Although, in there have been some um, big ones in 400 pound range, and one in Georgia, famous called Hogzilla, was 800 pounds. And to your point, that one in Hogzilla was apparently a, a hybrid between a wild boar stock that had been imported for hunting and got loose, and then domestic pigs. So it's like that. What we have in North America is this mix of the of the wild and the feral, you know. I have experiences in the field with wild boars. Both. I, I don't. I'm kind of jealous. What do you? What, yeah. What so I, I I've seen um, feral uh, pigs in Texas, at um, I believe it was it a Laguna. No, no, it was um, Aransas National Wildlife Refuge, famous for the whooping cranes, wintering. Um, I saw we saw some there. Uh, I've also seen the feral ones in Brazil in the Pantanal. I got excited thinking. It was, um, th- I thought they were going to be uh, peccaries. I yeah, I was about gonna, to say, yeah. I thought they were going to be uh, um, the white lip peccary, which is, I never got to see. I, I smelled them. So, so when I was in Brazil, <laughs> um, I was on, this is a, a, exactly 10 years ago, I think. Literally, I think 10 years ago, I was there. Um, so I was 40. Um, Two going on forty three. I'm literally my birthday's tomorrow. I uh, was in Brazil, um, and so this is you know, I guess just shy of ten years. And I was in the Pantanal, and it was a study abroad. But I was like older study abroad, and I had I had just come back from Alaska, and I, I, can't, I was in Alaska for three months. I was home for two weeks, and then went to Brazil for three months. It's pretty crazy. And so one of the last stops on this was in the Pantanal, and I. Befriended the guy who owns the fazenda, this big ranch there. I was like, is it, how big is your, your property? He's like, it, he's for some reason he talked like a Hungarian count, even though he was Brazilian. He's like, it is not very big. It is only 10,000 hectares. <laughs> and, you know, like, he only has one jaguar, pay, you know, male territory, maybe. You know what I mean? It's like, like, instead of like, to 10 that is surround them have. I don't know. But anyway, so. You're always comparing yourself to your neighbors, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, he was an amateur herper, and he had these pitfall traps that he had to check every day. And he he, he went and showed the class when, you know... So a pitfall trap is, it's a it's basically a hole in the ground. Usually you have some kind of fence that stops animals from moving leading up to the pitfall trap. So they move along the fence and they fall in the hole. And then you go in there and you check it to see if they're in there. Yeah. And so we were out checking the traps... And there's some commotion. He's, he realize, he sees that his white lift pecker is. I can't see them. I, I can see the movement. I can smell them. And he's like, "Look for a tree. Um, <laughs> uh, if they come this way, climb the tree." And I'm like, "What?" So that was cool. And then so later, you know, we're hanging out there for oh, almost a week in this ranch um, in the Pantanal, which is the world's largest freshwater wetland, seasonally flooded savanna uh, with like gallery forest around the the rivers. A really cool area. I mean, it's full of caimans and jabaroos and jaguars and tapers and ant- giant anteaters. It's an incredible place. So one day, Lewis comes up to me. Tony, would you like to go see 
would you like to accompany me to check the pitfall traps? And I was like, absolutely. He's like, there is only one problem. My brother has the truck. So we must ride horses. And I'm like, no problem. <laughs> and, and, and he says I could bring a couple other people. Um, the rest of the group would be upset. So I arranged for them to get a horseback ride. Um, like, just around the ranch, not on the trip. So I, uh, we go, we're riding through ponds full of caimans on horses. And then I see all these sewids, <laughs> you know, these pigs running across. And I'm like, oh, javelinas. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, they're just feral pigs. They're just so, it's feral pigs in Brazil. Damn. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and then I seen uh, wild boars uh, in the true wild in Sri Lanka. You know, I, it's understandable if you're coming to this and thinking of pigs as these cute, pudgy animals that live in the barnyard and sit in mud puddles all day. But wild boar have a reputation of being pretty impressive game to hunt. They have, you know, four inch or so tusks that can slice you open. Like if you think of like the medieval hunting equipment of a boar spear. Do you know what a boar spear looks oh, like? Yeah. What does a boar spear look like? I, I didn't realize it was distinct from a, a regular spear. Oh, it's the reason the boar spear is distinct. Oh, it has a really big blade. The blade. It's got a it's got a crossbar, so perpendicular to the shaft of the spear. Because if you just happen to spear a boar, it's liable. It 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 has the habit of even though it's just been speared, running up the shaft of the spear to try to kill you. Oh. So you put a crossbar on it to stop the boar from running up the shaft that's through it. Um, in modern fantasy literature and on television, wild boar played a major role in Game of Thrones when indeed Bar- uh, King Baratheon, Robert Baratheon, Robert Baratheon yeah. got um, gored and killed by a wild boar, which which was like the impetus of the whole plot of Game of Thrones. Right, when he died in. You know, well, he got a little too. Someone got him a little too drunk, and then the boar. Yeah, I think that was gored yeah. him. Yeah, it yeah. was a little or, finger, right? Yeah. I don't know. I forget the. Yeah, it's been a while. In any case, wild boar. It's when when you think of him in that sense, it can actually be a slightly scary animal to have running around your city, but they keep doing it in a in a morose, messed up way. And right now, wild boars are in the news because of the one of the. Reasons cited by uh, some pro, I don't want to say pro gun because I don't want to put it into, I don't want to make it polarized that much. But uh, who said it? Like a senator or something said one of the reasons you need to own an assault weapon was somebody on Twitter. Yeah, I was talking about this in Arkansas and said you need to. Uh, it was someone like significant. That's why it's been going around that you need an okay. assault weapon because you might have to kill twenty to fifty feral hogs on your property. And I, and I saw that and I was like, okay. I, they're known for being rather skittish, so I bet if you had one, if you if you were just trying to scare them off, one shot would do it. But when I look online, for example, you can find videos from people who set up enclosures where you lure the hogs in there um, and then close the gates and then sort of kill off the whole herd that way. So I don't know if it's, they're shooting all around with yeah, rifles. I mean, they absolutely they do. do use, you know, magazine-fed semi-automatic rifles. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the commonest way to, to hunt them. And, you know, Bill and I differ on guns in lots of ways um but i and i, and I do own ar-15s and ak-47 and whatnot but i'm a leftist not not a libertarian and I'm, I, I'm not gonna argue with the guy about what he needs on his property for for hunting boar i'm not gonna get right that but regardless i believe that um the access to these weapons 
including ones that I own, need to be much more restricted, require a lot more training and permits. Just want to go on the record for that. But they are commonly used for that, and they use uh, you know AR-15 variants. So it's funny, people often refer to assault weapons as being like, this incredibly powerful round, and that's actually not true. They uh, they actually downsized from World War II. The round you the, the bullets, you know, the cartridges used in World War II were more powerful than they needed. They were heavier. They don't need to. Sh- you don't need to shoot someone. Likelihood you're going to shoot someone a thousand yards is is uh, very unlikely. But you need something for you know up to three hundred yards. So a, a smaller bullet that you can carry more. Of, a smaller cartridge you can carry more of. Uh, a lighter weapon that you can get up to your shoulder quicker tends to win the gunfight rather than something bigger. So the, the the round generally used in an AR-15 is actually generally considered too small for, for deer or, or boar. And they use weapons, these firearms chambered in larger rounds for yeah. boar. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're impressive animal. You need, you need something bigger than what you use to hunt people, but not quite <laughs> what you use to hunt moose. But yeah. So between a person and a moose. But they, they've become sort of very common urban animals. Um, and so we thought we'd review a few places where the, they are common. Um, we mentioned uh, that we had Sean Cahill on to talk about urban caracals and Barcelona boars back in 2016. Um, he's put out an article in 2012, that, which is why I thought to interview him. He had put out uh, with some other authors. So Cahill, Limona, Cabaneros, Calamardo, um, and I'm sorry to those folks whose names I butchered, but characteristics of wild boar, um, Sus scrofa, habituation to urban, to urban areas in the Colcerola Natural Park, Barcelona, and comparison with other locations um, from Animal Biodiversity and Conservation, again, 2012. Um, and this is looking at, at boar that the population seems to be based in this park near, uh, next to Barcelona, but a lot of them have become habituated to humans. Um, at least partly from people intentionally feeding them, just kind of like people feeling kind-hearted might feed raccoons or deer, I guess feeding the boar. This habituates uh, and the boar. In particular, they're talking about this being um, the maternal groups where you have the females and their offspring. Males tend to be solo, um, but these maternal groups will, will, of, of females and offspring will come into the city, particularly when feeding conditions in the summer aren't as good in the forest, and then wander around and sometimes getting fed by people, sometimes eating other things. But once they get habituated, they have to kill them because they're kind of dangerous once they get habituated in the same sense that you don't want a bear getting used to being fed by people. But the the habituated ones tend to be a little bit bit heavier. They seem to be in better shape. That is once they've gotten killed because they got habituated. So I'm not saying it's working out for the best for the boar. But they also reviewed reports from other countries. And as of 2010, this is the fun part, came up with 44 cities in 15 different countries where you reported boar problems. And so this pops up, you know, in Rome, they have, Rome, Italy, they have plenty of boar. In Hong Kong, I just read, a, we found an article um, from National Geographic this spring um, talking about how, particularly in the past five years, they say they, they've gone from just wildlife you'd be lucky to see out in the forest. Um, a lot of Hong Kong, is, you've been in Hong Kong yeah, birding, right? Uh, I'll tour with my band. Yeah. But then I went birding in a few spots. Did not see any um, wild boar. Local salt this is wild how I first laid eyes on Tony. Because I hadn't met Tony yet. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was friends with someone whose boyfriend at the time was Andy from Tony's band. Um, who had just produced uh, a video of Tony birding in East Asia. And so he was like, oh, you got to check out this video I made. 
Um, and I was like, I know that name, Tony Cristo. <laughs> and so who knew we'd become friends? Um, but we were destined. We were destined. But out in Hong Kong, where it turned out, I mean, I've never been there, but Hong Kong is there's a lot of there's a lot of green space in Hong Kong. It isn't just skyscrapers, right? Yeah, I mean, well, part of that is be, um, the nature of it. It's a it's a series of islands. They're islands because they're essentially mountains, right? And, um, and it's in an estuary, so there's land that like you just can't inhabit. It's too steep or it's too marshy right so it happens to you know so it's fine for boar but people are feeding them and they're getting into the city more they've got a team of apparently six people the government funds and or pays for and supports to go out and deal with boar complaints so it's going to be a bigger and bigger problem they're trying birth control methods uh, to control the boar and trying to convince people to stop feeding them a parallel to our conversations about cats where like really humans feeding animals can be the root of so many problems in Berlin, they've become particularly famous in urban wildlife circles. It seems like anyone writing an article in general about urban wildlife has to do a stop in Berlin to talk about the boar. We've seen estimates of like three to 5,000 wild boar in Berlin. Um, Berlin apparently has got a lot of green space, something yep. like 20% of it is forest. Have you been to Berlin? I have, and you know, unfor- you know I've been there three times. There's like sister cities there. It's like Berlin and Potsdam. And so between the two of those cities, I've been there like three times, and it's um, a punk mecca. It's a beautiful city, really cool. Lot, lots of people move there, uh, a lot of expats from all over, you know. Or it's funny how we call Americans or Australians, we call white people moving someplace expats, and then people moving here we call migrants or immigrants. <laughs> it's kind of a fair point, racist or cultural, I don't know, or uh, ethnocentric or xenophobic term I don't know <laughs> what you call it but anyway yeah but I didn't really get out you know unfortunately I, I need to go back to Europe well apparently uh, you should have because it's 20% forest <laughs> and, but that's the thing is you, you, on tours you just you know I spent more time in Europe in the van than outside of it yeah. part of that's because I sleep in the van as well but of the waking hours I probably spent half of it in the van yeah. getting from city to city you know yeah I'm not going to blame you. No, I shouldn't be airport. Um, Luckily, it's like these giant Mercedes Sprinters that are very comfortable to be in. Well, there you go. But yes. Um, so there, and I, I checked in with a friend of ours, a friend of, of Gigi and mine named Matthias, who lives uh, in Berlin and was talking about occasionally stumbling on them when he was out gathering mushrooms in the forests. Uh, he pointed us back to a story. I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast episode. I can't remember when. About an 80-year-old retired butcher in Berlin who, in 2018, managed to kill a boar in a supermarket parking lot with a hatchet and then was basically butchering it. He and his wife were butchering it in the parking lot. This is at night when they were apprehended. A gruesome variation on the human-wildlife interaction. A more scholarly article came out recently about boar in Berlin. and uh, it, This is the one saying about the food sources, right? Yes. So apparently... Um, Wild inside, urban wild boar select natural, not anthropogenic food resources. And Milena Stilfried, Pierre Grass, Matthias Bush, Constantine Broner, Stephanie Kramer Schad, Sylvia Ortman. Well, it said that even in the cities, they prefer um, wild foods like acorns, grubs, rather than, you know, trash. And when they, exa- I think, when they examine their 
stomach contents. They only found like of the two hundred some boards, they only found like four, and it was like sandwiches <laughs> that they had, had scavenged. But they're mostly eating, you know, you know, wild wild foods. So it's interesting. So they're not going into the city to take advantage of human food sources. They're just taking advantage of the habitat that's there and the food sources that they would normally eat there. Although they're saying, you know, they don't know what will happen in the future. Because often wildlife does adapt to human food, foods eventually. I mean, I think it's just a matter of if there's habitat there, why not exploit it? Um, or plus one is the journal art that this came out of. This got me thinking, it's funny. I was sitting there, it was on Facebook with Christian. I think we we're talking more about Spain or, or Italy. And I was like, well, it's probably because they don't keep their trash contained. And I was like, wait a second, Berlin. Germans probably keep their trash contained better than any other country on earth. Still, they got tons of boar. And this article is what had me thinking, sort of switched my thinking about more from something like, I'd say like raccoons, which, you know, is happy to be a, a trash panda, as it were, and trash dive for whatever way they can find. And think of boar more like white-tailed deer, you know, that, are, that come into town for what we grow in terms of vegetation more than the handouts. Like they'll be eating acorns from the oak trees that you plant in parks. They'll be digging up beetle grubs in your lawn and so end up like tearing up gardens and uh, golf courses and that kind of stuff and so they're going after that kind of stuff maybe what you plant in your gardens um, but not so much uh, I mean I guess they do this also but their first choice is 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 everything else before the tra- but not the trash on the one hand I'm I'm a little I gotta say I'm a little jealous like <laughs> I don't I don't want them as invasive animals in the United States I mean I believe that me very strongly that these these have a terrible impact on belief it's it's i know they have a terrible impact on native wildlife think of a, a guy i know on facebook um who's a herpetologist back when he was doing some research in i think the florida panhandle on some endangered salamanders in the florida panhandle um and there's a picture of him from his research work like with a rifle next to this massive boar that he had shot because these boar tear up the breeding ponds of these salamanders so that on the whatever refuge they were in, um, they go out and they, they try to hunt the boar as much as they can. Um, so I sort of respect the, that. But let's say, still, like, you know, you, I think of someone living in Hong Kong or living in um, Berlin or Barcelona, where have you, um, there's something really neat about having a big, like, you know, proper megafauna like that running around your city. Um, it's kind of badass. Without a doubt. I mean, there are some instances, I mean, the famous one in in Japan where a guy got like knocked over and his commuter got yeah. caught between fences with this board and just bowled him over yeah yeah and then it came back and, and I think it was probably the if you look at the video it was it was caught between fences and yeah. it felt quartered and then it probably just the guy was in its way knocked it over and it was probably like well you you know I'm gonna you know attack you again just for good measure right like Best yeah. def- uh, off defense is often a good offense. You can imagine, like, coming home from work and you're tired and <laughs> you're yeah. thinking what we're going to make for dinner all of a sudden a wild boar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got, you know, their tusks are... are uh, nothing, to, nothing to mess with. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that's the... Uh, I just think it's, you know, they have the capacity to injure humans and, you know, there will be more injuries. But I think about all the mountain lions that would, you know, that can hunt things the size of people and bigger that live out west in in cities that don't kill people i mean like they like tend not to yeah yeah and, and you know uh, a black bear there that, that's your that's my favorite example there yeah, yeah. there's twenty thousand black bear in my state in our state billy Nye state pennsylvania which is one of the you know in the grand scheme of america it's in the bottom half it's one of the smaller states 
right? It is. It's like the 30th biggest state. So it's just 30 states. I like to think of it as a big state, but I guess you're right. I mean, yeah. For the, for, um, but it's, you know, it's America. Everything's big, right? Yeah. So, um, but it's a, you know, we do have lots and lots of acres of woods, but lots of bears live in suburban city, in the suburb, you know, the outer suburbs of New York, the outer suburbs of Philly now. Yeah. Um, and plus, you know, there are some sizable cities in Pennsylvania, uh, in North Jersey that have a, um, uh, bears are living right around people. Um, so I guess my question is, and this is more, you know, we've talked a little bit about uh, Eurasian cities. Um, I'm wondering why they're not in U.S. cities yet. They might, you know, they might, here's the deal, they probably are, but in the, like, definition of a city in West Coast standards, or out West standards. But they should, um, why aren't they like in the Dallas? Are they in Dallas suburbs or like I don't know. Jacksonville I, suburbs? I wouldn't be surprised. I bet you they're in uh, San Antonio because San Antonio is is like in in the Texas brushy country there, yeah. and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I bet you there's wild boar in in San Antonio city limits. But granted, like a lot of San Antonio, San Antonio city limits, which San Antonio by the way is about to eclipse Philly for big for sixth biggest city. Damn it! Um, but we always have a bigger metropolitan area. Um, they just they're st- they can still grow. Within your city There's limits. a lot of these cities that have grown by annexing surrounding suburbs. And, like, Philadelphia stopped doing that in the 1800s. Yeah. But then when you got, like, Phoenix and San Antonio that grow by gobbling up their surrounding suburbs, like, yeah, they're going to get bigger in Philadelphia. In terms of America, I consider Philly the fourth biggest city. Thank you very much. It's New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, then Philly. We're not counting Miami? Well, and then after that, you got to think, to me, in terms of a city, in terms of big Skyscrapers downtown, dense. You know, Miami's probably up there. Seattle, San Francisco, Boston. You know, you know that everything else is like Houston's bigger than Philly. It's just sprawl. Yeah, dude, Houston sucks. Yeah. Um, so to follow up on Tony's point about or, or San Antonio, maybe we'll end the episode here. But I just googled really fast wild boar San Antonio and found an article from 2018 <laughs> from uh, News Four. Uh, I guess local station in San Antonio. Wild hogs take over San Antonio area neighborhood. <laughs> so, and a neighborhood on San Antonio's northwest side has a big pig problem. And so they're talking about a surveillance video of of wild hogs. Again, these are the feral, uh, you know, mix of the 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 imported wild boar hunting stock and just like pigs that have been escaping from captivity since the 1500s, right? Those wild hogs uh, in a San Antonio suburb. So Here's one. Wild, uh, Houston area suburbs see uptick in feral hog populations destroying streets property. There you go. Just it hasn't made the news nationally so much. Yeah. But apparently uh, my question has been answered. <laughs> Man kills 416-pound wild boar in front yard of suburban Houston home. Damn. So... How big? 416 pounds. It's almost two Tonys. It's, unfortunately, it's more like a Tony and a third. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> it's definitely bigger than two Billies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in any case, that's a lot of hog. So, yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll hear, be hearing more about them as, as urban wildlife in uh, the United States as the feral version. Exotic invasive. <laughs> So yeah, that's our that's our little bit on on wild boar. We'll direct you also to to Google wild boar on YouTube. There's the the video you'll find of the poor Japanese commuter getting gored by a boar. You'll find uh, videos of boar running through Rome. 
I don't know about this one. There's a gru- pretty gruesome video of a boar in some Russian city where um, it ends with the dr- a driver of a car running it over. So maybe not my favorite. It is pretty easy to find European and Asian wild boar videos. It should give you a sense of how big they are, what they look like, and what would it be like to have one of these in your neighborhood? You know, they're pretty apparently pretty mild until they get injured, and then they get kind of understandably freaked out. Um, and a lot more of a handful to deal with, but still um, give you some sense of like, what is this, especially if you're coming from the United States or Australia or somewhere else that we have listeners, um, New Zealand where they don't have any wild boar, I think, then you can get some sense of what is this urban wildlife that's, that's uh, that either people are enjoying or afflicted by um, everywhere from Hong Kong to, to Barcelona. And if you have any experiences with urban wild boars, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. If you like our podcast, please like us on your podcast listening app of choice and write us a review. Um, please tell your friends about it. Please write us an email with your ideas at urbanwildlifecast at gmail.com. Please tweet at us at urbanwildlifecast and um, please find us on Facebook. Cheers. Enjoy yourselves.